ladies and gentlemen. Tip for Sunday Night Live. We're so glad you've decided to stick around here on a Sunday night. Spend your evening with us after the epic Alex Jones show. Let me tell you what we have coming up. We're going to play Trump's victory speech from last night. We're going to take your calls in response to it. Like Lindsey Graham getting brought up on the stage and getting booed. Oh, <laughs> that's the second time that's happened to Lindsey Graham at a Trump event, by the way. So I don't know. I mean, is Trump doing that intentionally or what's up with that? He does respond to it with the crowd. And then we have to observe the fact that Nikki Haley refuses to drop out. That is for a reason. Why is Nikki Haley refusing to drop out? Well, it's not because she's having success. It's not because she has any path to victory. That is unless there is a plan and she's in on it or there's a plan and, and she's at least aware of it to have Trump off the ballot or not able to run, whatever that means, this November in 254 days. So we're going to air Trump's victory speech this segment. We're going to start taking calls and then in the final segment, we're going to debut an interview that I cut. This is a serious issue, and it's something that we really don't like to talk about. I mean, we do talk about the blackmail with the pedophiles and the liberal agenda to sexualize your children. But there's something a little more at home maybe parents should be aware of with your children on the Internet. I sat down with one of the most prolific child predator catchers. I mean, this guy has hundreds of arrests under his belt. In 45 states, this guy has made, uh, helped law enforcement make an arrest. And so we're going to debut that interview here on the InfoWars Sunday Night Live transmission. But if you do have kids at home and they are using the internet, and look, I, I get it. This isn't some, hey, you, you know, make sure your kids are never on the internet. It's a great distraction. There's great tools on there, whatever. It's just, it's just part of the world we live in now. But you might want to be hyper aware about just how many predators are out there and how they know how to use certain apps to get access to children. And so we're going to debut that interview in the final segment. So that's what we have coming up. And, of course, everything we do here is brought to you by you shopping at InfoWarsStore.com. So I'm very grateful to be up here on a Sunday night. We continue to try to expand our live transmissions and our crew and everything we do here in our purpose for saving the republic. So please continue to support us at InfoWarsStore.com. So I'm going to do a little live reaction here to Trump's victory speech in the first segment. Let me give out the phone number right now as well, and uh, we can start aggregating some phone calls. Your response to Trump's victory speech, you can listen to it while you're on the line. Maybe you've already heard it. And then also, why won't Nikki Haley drop out? And how about this for another wild card? I'm not exaggerating when I tell you, I don't know a single Biden voter. I, I don't know a single Biden supporter. I don't know a single Biden voter. Now, I'm sure I could go out and maybe find one. But, I mean, I have friends that are liberals. I have friends that are Democrat voters. I have friends that are pro-choice. They're not voting for Biden. I mean, I, I know women that are very pro-choice. They are not going to vote for Joe Biden. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to vote for Donald Trump, per se, but they will not vote for Joe Biden. Now, maybe this is all a moot point because Biden might not be the one in the race come November. So these are all the things we'll weigh tonight on InfoWars Sunday Night Live, brought to you by InfoWarsStore.com. Let me give out the phone number. 
We'll get your reactions to Trump's victory speech and then the other topics I've laid out. 877-789-2539. 877-789-2539. And the crew will get you up and on the air. So I'll do some live responses here. This is Trump's victory speech. It was a historic victory as far as the numbers are concerned. By the way, the Democrats had a historic low turnout in South Carolina. Trump had a historic high turnout in South Carolina. And so here was Trump's victory speech last night. They're clapping. In a way, Trump kind of needed this break from being the president because he was working like 16 hours a day. You could tell in that in that final year he was uh, a lot worn out. And for a man nearing 80 years old, he's looking energized. I'll tell you that. I mean, Biden clearly is struggling physically, mentally. Donald Trump, not so much. Guys, I don't know if we just want to click forward a couple of seconds here so we can get him going here uh, and spare ourselves the uh, dead air. We all love the song, but we've heard it a million times. So let's just fast forward about 30 Thank seconds. There we go. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> wait a second. Okay. I don't know what. <laughs> Guys, what just happened there? What just happened there? Did we just skip the whole thing? Is that what we did? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the crew got a little aggressive on the fast forward there, guys. Uh, we're going to get it right. Go ahead and just play it. I got you ready. So I guess we're, uh, we're, we're, we're not going to risk hitting that fast forward again then. Is that the deal? <laughs> okay. That's fine. Always a man to build up anticipation is Donald Trump, is he not? He certainly is. Even here on our show, after the fact, still building the anticipation. Or maybe it's just my crew. Now he's, he's, now he's directing the chorus. Stepping up to the mic, Donald Trump. Wow. That is really... Something. This was a little sooner than we anticipated. It was. And they declared this victory faster than Arizona. Even bigger win than we anticipated, and it was a record win, actually. That we got double the number of votes that has ever been received in the great state of South Carolina. And so, doubled Nikki Haley, her own state. So, so it's a record times two, and. There's something going on in the country. Some really great things. Yeah, in South Carolina, on. they know about Nikki Haley. You see all of the they know about Nimrata. You see millions and millions that of Nimrata, people I think is her name? across Nimrod? the border illegally. Burberry. We don't know where they come from. They come from jails. They come from prisons. They come from all sorts of places that we don't want to know. They come from mental institutions and insane asylums. And we don't want that in our country. We're not going to stand for it. We're not going to stand for it. You have terrorists coming in. You have people coming in that we just can't, uh, we can't do this. No country could, could sustain what's happening to the United States of America. No country. So 
We're going to straighten things out. The border Yeah, this is issue is killing the Democrats. There's no way around it. The, the open border, the illegal immigrant invasion, it's, it's absolutely killing them politically. And it should. I mean, quite frankly, there should be charges and investigations over this human trafficking operation Biden is running. Millions of more votes a second time. But now there's a spirit that I have never seen. We ran two great races, but there's never been, ever... I do wonder what these rallies are going to be like coming up in a couple months. I mean, he already had the biggest rallies of all time. So unified as it is right now. Never been like this. And a big part of, uh, of that is the people standing behind me. These are the... These are the biggest officials in South Carolina, but I say like the biggest officials in our country as far as I'm concerned. They're really... They're state figures but they're national figures nobody butters him up like trump but by the way and you guys can just kind of keep this rolling in the background as he kind of glad hands here but are, are you seeing this I, I this is what i'm seeing normally there's political footballs that go back and forth in an election season and it's and it's the left and then and it's the right and they're tossing them back and forth but there's stories in the fake news that are saying maga conspiracy theories say Gas prices are up. MAGA conspiracy theories say grocery prices have doubled. And it's just like, wait a second. We can, as if you don't even have any consciousness at all. As if you don't have any memory at all. You don't have eyes. You don't have a brain. You don't have any discernment. You don't have any comprehension. You're, you're just a complete dullard. To sit here and actually think, oh, 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 the liberal news says my gas bill didn't go up. Oh, then it, it must not have happened. Oh, oh, the New York Times says there is no inflation and the, the grocery bill didn't double. Oh, well, oh, gee, just, it must not be happening then. Oh, I don't know what's going on with my bill when I leave the store because they say it's not real. I, oh, I mean, you can go back and look at your bank statements from 2019. You'll see your grocery bill, maybe not doubled, but it, it's certainly gone up at least 30%. I mean, I get pretty much the same thing. I have a very routine schedule with the grocery store. Go about usually once a week. Get this, pretty much the same stuff, and it's just about doubled. Now, granted, if you're buying steak and eggs, it's pretty much majority of my diet, then yeah, you really got hit. Steak and egg prices are jacked, baby. But then they just write the stories and say, no, there is no inflation. There is no increase in food prices. But then you can actually just go search any, any search engine you want, and it'll show food prices up stories from the last three years. But So then they say, that's not going on. But here's my point. Normally, the economic deal is a political football. They'll kick it back and forth. The ball has been punted out of the arena. Everybody knows the economy under Joe Biden is, is crushing the average American citizen. The average American is living paycheck to paycheck. They know they were better off financially under Donald Trump. No matter how many stories they print telling you the opposite. All right, I'll shut up here. If I had the right to do it, I'd do it tomorrow. I'd say we're having an election tomorrow. Henry, is there anything you can do? Drop out, Haley. I want to start off because right from the beginning, Henry McMaster, the governor of this incredible state, and, and much more importantly, his wife, Peggy, she's with him all the way, I'll tell you. Never saw anything. What a couple. But I'd like to ask him to say a few words. He's a very special man, an incredible governor, very popular in the state, and uh, really, I mean, Isn't that he, something? The governor of South Carolina endorsed Trump and not Haley, a former governor of South Carolina. Ooh, that's embarrassing. And from right at the beginning, when I announced, and I said, I don't know the gentleman. Is he good? They said, he's really great. I said, well, I hope so. 
And you know what? Within about two weeks, I said, that guy is unbelievable. <laughs> you know, I never got the support of the governor. She supported somebody else, but I had the support of somebody much, much better, Henry McMaster, and we won in a landslide. And I'd like to ask the governor to say a few words, please. Now, now think about this, folks. Everybody up there knows that it's the Democrats committing crimes against Donald Trump with all these fraudulent lawsuits. Everybody knows it. Remember this moment that you were here? This is a great moment in American history. We will probably never see another one like it. Every time a, a rocket launches, you know, it goes up slow and then it's climbing and climbing and then boom, that next stage comes off and it goes, well, we just did that. We just hit maximum velocity and we're going all the way. So I'm going to ask somebody else to say because he came on board and Lindsay wanted him and the <laughs> lieutenant governor wanted him and everybody wanted him. Henry and Peggy wanted him. So I thought he was okay, but he didn't love speaking about himself because he's a good person. See, I have no problem with that. It's a problem. <laughs> what a personality. By the I way, don't know. Trump had some uh, hilarious moments over the weekend at some of these rallies, too. We may have to, I may have to dig up some of those clips and pull them and send them to the crew. The guy was hilarious this weekend. And what he did was, I said, is this the same man? And he campaigned nicely, but he's a high-quality person. When he was supporting me, the day, is that correct, Lindsay? When he went out, yeah. Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, he went out, and he was ripping it. I said, I said, what happened to Tim Scott? What a dynamo. And... He has been one of our great advocates. He did get he's married. Doing things that or I guess he got engaged, rather. I don't think he's married yet. I'm just very happy he didn't have that same energy drive because I think I probably would have been out of the race a long time ago. But I want to say a very special man. I, I really do mean it. So many people have such great respect for him, and you're very lucky to have him in the state. Tim, please, say a few words. Hello! South Carolina! The longer, the longer I speak, the less you hear of him. So let me just ask one survey question, and you better answer it loud and clear. Is South Carolina Trump country? Folks, Trump was filling massive arenas this weekend, like basketball arenas this weekend, filled to the brim for a primary in South Carolina. A little bit further left than some of the people on the stage. But I always say, when I'm in trouble on the left, I call up Lindsey Graham and he straightens it out so fast. And I'll tell you. I've been doing. No, no. No, no. Remember. Remember. Oh, we remember. I love him. He's a good man. Come up here, Lindsay. Come up here, Lindsay. Here come the booze. Come here. Oh, okay. and then an awkward refusal ready? on the bump. America, the nightmare you're facing is just about over. You're part of it. Help is on the way. This is the most qualified man to be president of the United States. And let it be said 
that South Carolina created the biggest political comeback in American history. Thank you, Lindsey. Now, look, we can all so, laugh about Lindsey Graham getting booed, and, and, that, and that is funny, but, but there's a serious story here. Because why is Lindsey Graham getting booed? This is a new Republican voter base. This is a new populist movement that has taken over the Republican Party. Trump is, Trump is obviously at the head of it. But why does Lindsey Graham get booed? Lindsey Graham gets booed because he's seen as a member of the swamp. And I think more importantly, Lindsey Graham gets booed because he's pro-war. Conservatives need to lean in. Republican voters and representatives need to lean in on being anti-war right now. And I know it's really hard for a lot of them on the Israel issue, but on the Ukraine issue, it's 100% a win. So if they're too afraid to lean into anti-war on the Israel side and not call them out for the genocide, whatever. But on the Ukraine thing, that's just a total win. That's just a total win. And I understand people listening out there and purists will say, well, they should be anti all the wars. You have to think strategically as a politician. Hate to say it, that's just the case. So I'm just telling you what they're thinking and how they think. Lindsey Graham is seen as pro-war. The new Republican voter is anti-war. It would be very smart for Republicans to lean into that and at least be fully anti-war in Ukraine. But again, it's this whole... It's, 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 it's not really political correctness. It's like... D.C. establishment correctness, like, oh, well, I've got to go against Putin or they're going to say I'm for a tyrant, and, you know, I got to go for Israel or they're going to say I'm anti-Semitic. And so it's, it's, it's the same game as political correctness where you have to say the right thing or, or you're a bad person. But being a conservative is anti-war. Conservatism should be anti-war. So when I see Lindsey Graham getting booed up there, that's what it represents to me. He's pro-war. The new conservative, the new Republican voter is anti-war. So I think that is a significant political shift happening right now. And it's time for Republicans to lean into that and, and see which way the wind blows. We have a highly opinionated group of people. I'll tell you, they've turned very positive on you very quickly, Elizabeth. We won. So, you have a beautiful, beautiful state right next to you, North Carolina. We love North Carolina, right? In fact, they named their daughter Carolina. And I said, which state? She said, both. She's very, I think I know which state, but that's okay. But they, uh, they have the most beautiful daughter named Carolina. So we love, we love the, both of them. We love them both very much. And we won them both very easily. And one of the reasons we won North Carolina is a man named Michael Watley, who looks like, who looks to me, we gave him our endorsement, and he looks to me like he's going to be going on to the National Republican Party as the boss. Michael now, this Watley. is a little interesting here. Watley... And he's going to be working with Laura. So, so obviously, Ronna McDaniel was supposed to bow out by now. We'll be paying attention to that this week. But Ronna Romney McDaniel has not bowed out yet. Now, Watley was kind of the number two, but really kind of the shadow hand is how it was being reported. Running Ronna McDaniel, greenlighting all of her stuff. So I'm not sure how much of an upgrade Watley is really going to be. He, he seemed to be the one kind of running Rana the entire time and greenlighting all that spending. So 
Uh, but Trump giving Watley the nod there, I think, confirms what a lot of people were believing, that Watley is going to be the replacement for McDaniel. And I'm not sure that's really too much of an exciting announcement. And I said, that's my kind of guy. He had hundreds of lawyers. How many lawyers did you have? He had 500 lawyers to make sure they didn't cheat and they didn't cheat in North Carolina. And I said, that's my kind of guy, so I appreciate it. Great job. We're very proud of you, and you're going to do a fantastic job. And come election period, you know, we used to have election night. Now we have election period because some of these elections go on for 48 days, 61 days. Then they announce, they get all this equipment, and they announce, they'll be announcing the vote in three weeks from now. Can you imagine? They don't know what they're doing, but I will tell you, you have done a fantastic job, and we very much appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Uh, not really, though. We also have a lot of members of Not really. If you were doing a fantastic job, Haley wouldn't be spending hundreds of millions of dollars on a futile race. By the way, Haley was all in in South Carolina and still fell flat. Couldn't even get an endorsement from the governor. Just the fact, think of it. We've got a lot of primaries in this state. But hey, that's fine. Trump can be the great uniter. We'll be the truth tellers. I, I don't mind it. It's fine. So we have members of Congress with us. I'm very proud of this one because I sort of said that guy would be great. We had somebody that did a vote that I wasn't exactly happy with. He voted to impeach your favorite president. And until then, oh, but he'd love to have that vote back, I can tell you. But until then, until then, he was a man that couldn't be beaten. I said, really, let's see. I said, who do we have that's good? They said, the best we have is a man named Russell Fry. And Russell Fry got out there, beat him so badly in the primaries, he had my support. And he's been a fantastic, a fantastic congressman. So wherever you may be, hi, Russell. What a great job. Thank you. Thank you very much. I was good. We got rid of that one. We got rid of a lot of them. Almost, I guess every one of them, almost every one of them, now they're gone. The, the impeachers are all gone. Uh, Nancy Mace is here, a non-controversial person, but she's a real advocate, and she's become a real advocate, and I appreciate it, Nancy, very much. Thank you very much. She's a, she's a very strong woman. And we want strong women. We like strong women. William Timmons, Congressman William Timmons, who's been a fantastic warrior for our country. Joe Wilson, I spoke to you about him before. He is tough and he is smart. And he and his beautiful wife produced a wonderful, wonderful attorney general. So, Joe, thank you very much. And you've done a now, uh, can you imagine, as uh, he, he's, he's got a, a couple minutes left here in his speech. But can you imagine Joe Biden doing anything like this? Of course not. Joe Biden can't be on the stage more than 15 minutes max. They basically put a timer on him and they say, Joe, you got 10 minutes and then he'll go about 12, and then he'll start to walk off, freak out, look like a deer in the headlights, and then as the press is screaming at him, have to take a couple questions. But, I mean, Trump is actually out there as a leader, as a politician. This is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like. And Biden is not even on the map, folks. Biden is not even on the map. And everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. So... They're going to have trouble here. And you know what? We can go ahead and conclude our coverage of this. He's basically glad-handing for an hour. Keep, keep it going, and, and I might go to it before we, before we 
sign off this segment. But really, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but it really felt like, I mean, you kind of heard some of it in the victory speech, but if you were watching Trump this weekend at his events, I, I think we're we're way ahead of where we're supposed to be as far as the political season is concerned. I mean, you already feel like you're in like full-blown regular season, middle-of-the-season mode right now. Usually that doesn't kick in till summer of an election year. So we're, we're coming out of the gates blazing. The Democrats, most people don't even know who their candidate's going to be. They can pretend like it's going to be Joe Biden, but most people are even doubting that that's going to be the case. So, so they may have to hit the reset button in the midseason. And so that'd be like firing your head coach, firing your general manager, uh, you know, trading off all your guys in the middle of the season and saying, all right, we're going to hit the reset button. Uh, very rarely, if ever, does that equate to any victory. That's usually throwing in the, the white towel and, and saying, we're, we're done, we're giving up. But this weekend felt like it was a major push forward. And it wasn't that it was anything unexpected, but it was just getting to this point in the season. Getting to this point where, okay, we've, we've now clinched the division or we've now clinched the playoff picture. We've now clinched this. And, of course, Nikki Haley won't go away. We all know why. But it's over. The only way Trump is not going to be the nominee at this point is via some sort of massive criminal activity against him, which is going on, or, or, or somehow they make it impossible for him to run or, or, or the worst thing possible, you don't even want to say it. So that's what's going on. Even their case to get Trump off the ballot looks like it's going to fail. I mean, that, that might even go 9-0 in his favor at the Supreme Court. And that would be a devastating blow to the Democrats. So they got all these different ways of trying to defeat him illegitimately. None of them are working. But I'm telling you, when, when you watch Trump's speech, multiple speeches from this weekend, campaigning in South Carolina and then the victory speech, I mean, Trump is already in midseason mode. Trump voters are already in midseason mode. It's, it, and, and think about we're having this massive momentum. We're having these massive victories. And, and we still don't even really control the Republican Party. So it, it's all organic. It's all the people. It's all Donald Trump's will. Now, you might not like Donald Trump, so you can call in and talk about that. We got the phone lines filled, but if somebody calls in and once they hang up, that means the line is open, 877-789-2539. We're going to start taking calls on the other side. And I was going to wait, and I'll probably just wait, and I'll play all these clips from the weekend tomorrow because I basically already got the whole war room tomorrow gamed out. But I'm telling you, Trump over the weekend was on fire, just fantastic speeches, and, and liberals are just panicked. Because it's undeniable that, that Trump's charisma is there. I mean, the guy's got a great sense of humor. And he makes racial jokes over the weekend that are just hilarious. And then the liberals are trying to make fun of him like, oh, look, Trump's, Trump's trying to cater to black people because they like tennis shoes. And then there's all these black Americans like, yeah, I do like tennis shoes, actually. And, and these shoes are pretty sweet. I think I'll vote for Trump. It's like a massive trend on the Internet. Or, or Trump makes jokes at his campaign rally about how, how black people like him now. And, and liberals in the media are like, oh, my gosh, how can a black person vote for Trump now? And they're like, what are you talking about? How, how could I not? 
And then that means all, and then all the clips of Joe Biden's racial comments from over the decades are all resurfacing and going viral now too. People who probably never seen them are now seeing them saying, oh, okay. But these just lead us to the questions, the same questions. Why won't Haley drop out? Well, we all know because she plans on Trump not being there or she's aware of Trump not being there potentially. Can Joe Biden even really run for president? What are they going to do to remove him? And that's kind of where it's at. Do you even know a Biden voter? I, I know liberals, folks. I know liberals. I know Democrat voters. I know pro-choice people. They will not vote for Joe Biden. Doesn't mean they're going to vote for Trump, but they ain't voting for Joe Biden. So, I mean, Trump's on page for a massive victory, but I mean, even with all the voter fraud, he might still win, even with the massive voter fraud. But now Republicans are aware after 2020, it's like, okay, Democrats usually get about 10 million illegal votes, so we might want to keep an eye on that. So even that's going to be tough for him. All right, we're going to take your calls coming back. Remember, folks, everything we do here is brought to you by you shopping at InfoWarsStore.com. It's your support at InfoWarsStore.com that makes this show possible. We thank you. Folks, we've got incredible products you need. They're game-changing. I've got great products because I treat you like I want to be treated. Plus, that's just how I always operated. As I got older and smarter, I went, wow, that's a good business system to sell people supplements that really work well because then almost everybody that orders the products reorders it. But that's not how the globalists operate. They'll put out some drug that kills you and then run a bunch of advertising for it and just switch to another drug. Well, we got a lot of great products right now. Big sales been sold out for almost six months. Body's ultimate turmeric formula, 95% humanoid. Average turmeric pills are 5 to 4%, 4 to 5%, and they still work. I don't know why they don't go concentrated. I don't know why they don't give them something that works 50 times better. I mean, literally, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, I just said 50 on top of my head. If something's 5% versus 95%, that's almost 50 times stronger. 20-something times. I mean, the, the point is, it's a lot stronger, ladies and gentlemen. Body's Ultimate Turmeric Formula is available for 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com right now. And everybody should be taking it. And, and everybody should be supporting the broadcast. I mean, we're doing really important work here. And we don't get globalist funding. We're funding people like you. So this is your broadcast. It belongs to you. The, the ball's in your court. You've got all the cards. I'm in your hands. We've got great T-shirts, Team Humanity T-shirt. The nuclear family on it, Infowars.com, 1776. Uh, we've got the uh, new Gadsden flag combined with red, white, and blue uh, design I did that I think is a great shirt. Those are at Infowarsstore.com. We also have Nitric Boost, now 40% off because we found out that who was manufacturing it for our manufacturer and went there and got a discount. So instead of 25% off, I'm offering a sale of 40% off, passing the savings on to you. Cleans out your blood, your whole body. Everybody needs this. Take action now. Nitric Boost, InfoWarsStore.com. It's about to sell out. Next level foundational energy that has the breakdown of methylfolate, that is the breakdown of folic acid, that is the engine of your cells. So it doesn't have a stimulant effect like Adderall or caffeine does. That just stimulates the neurons. This just cleans out the cells and gives them more energy, and it's another level of energy. When I forget to take it, I really feel it. So I know you're going to love it. Next Level Foundational Energy, InfoWarsStore.com. Also, it's been sold out for a while. It's back in stock discounted. This is a stimulant with a bunch of amino acids, key compounds. 
memory and focus, super powerful nootropic, turbo force is time release. So it hits you in 30 minutes, but lasts up to 10 hours without the letdown. Turbo Force, InfoWarsStore.com or 888-253-3139. Okay, it's true. I stayed up late last night, so I had half the Turbo Force this morning. The vitamins, the minerals, the amino acids. The vitamins, the minerals, the amino acids. The vitamins, the minerals, the amino acids. The vitamins, the minerals. That's Turbo Force. than we thought she's now she's taking a victory lap I mean, what is wrong with this woman this is a sick deranged woman she's making statements saying oh this is great for us we did great 40 percent is a really high number uh not really compared to uh 60 the winning number but okay nikki you keep doing you you keep embarrassing yourself and destroying your political career What's up with that? We're taking your calls now. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be taking your calls for the next hour of this InfoWars Sunday Night Live transmission. And then in the final segment, we're going to be debuting an interview live here on the air I did with Alex Rosen, who is one of the most prolific child predator catchers. He's known as the predator poacher for uh, all the work he's done. Hundreds of arrests catching predators, including... Individuals who already have a record known to law enforcement get released back on the street by liberal judges and then engage again in their pedophilic activities. And so it was a very interesting interview, and he also talks about what to do if you're a parent out there to protect your child from these predators who are lurking, and they are lurking, on the Internet. So all that coming up. But let's go to your phone calls now. Let's start with William in Arkansas. William, you're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, thank you for your, your service, what you're doing. You're a patriot as any, any veteran out there, and thanks for the few minutes that you give to the vets once a month. I spent 23 years in uniform. I am not a political uh, party person. I don't like it. Either one of them, but we're going to have to go for Trump. The speech was fine, but speeches are cheap. I've been around for about 61, two years now. I've seen a lot of deal by both parties, and it soon fades after the election. It's the next eight years after Trump that's most important. And the expedience of the young people 
to catch up on InfoWars-type information about the, the deep hole with all the insidious uh, spider webs in this thing for the last 100, 200 years, literally. Um, you know, we've been undermined in a long time. Uh, Roger Sherman wrote a book on this called uh, uh, Caveat of Injustice, the up-and-coming battle, uh, 250 years ago thereabouts. Uh, he was the only man to sign the uh, Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Articles of Confederation, right? But regardless, the young people, uh, the expedience of them to learn what is necessary for them to make the right choices uh, and, and maybe even kind of put a lot of influence uh, towards who the next vice is going to be, because it's that vice that's going to get the next eight years if Trump can get in and do a good job, and this vice can uh, follow the, the, the principles that, that got Trump there and what needs to be with America. I don't know about the, the second guy that talked about Noam, whatever. Uh, Ramaswamy t- talked a, a, a hard line. Uh, how he gets away with it with so many in the past have not makes me question but if he can stick good and follow through, great. That's what we need. You well, know, well we I agree. Need. That's why I'd like to see Ramaswamy not as a vice president, but put in charge of some, either an administrative role, or if Trump just wants to give them the job of, I mean, call it whatever you want, the swamp drainer, uh, the abolisher. I mean, even give it like a catchy title. And he goes in there and he just abolishes all the corruption in the federal government. And he said when he was running, he wanted to abolish 90% of the federal government. He wanted to abolish the FBI, the IRS. All right, go in there, do it, earn your political capital, and then run for president. But but I agree, and, and this is what's so frustrating to me about the RNC. And look, maybe the RNC is defunct anyway, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't use it for the tool that it is. I mean, it could be used for good. I mean, who is, is, is looking at long-term strategy in the Republican Party? I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody doing that. Nobody's, nobody's looking long-term. Nobody's general managing this deal. And, and really, the Republicans have so much depth right now, and they have such an opportunity to secure the youth vote. These things need to be strategized. But with Ronna Romney McDaniel and, quite frankly, Michael Watley behind her, uh, they're not doing that. They're just spending a bunch of money, and they're letting Nikki Haley spend a bunch of money on a worthless race. So it's really unfortunate. There's so much potential in the Republican Party to secure the next eight years and beyond even. I mean— the Democrats should not have a shot at anything. This should be the end of the Democrat Party. If it wasn't already with Hillary Clinton, the, Joe Biden should be the end of the Democrat Party. But the Republicans are so lacking in strategy and messaging that they refuse to put the nail in this in this party that needs to just go uh, go away like the Whig Party once did. I agree. You know, uh, I, I, I hope the best for the future. It's the young people that are losing the freedoms and the fight and the sacrifice is going to be on them. Uh, this is going to be one of the most important elections in the history of mankind, in my opinion. I certainly could be wrong, but we're at a pivotal point to where this new world globalist thing is really our worst enemy and the people that have been financing it and planning it for a long time. You look back at what I said about Robert uh, uh, Roger Sherman's book, a caveat of injustice, you can't find a copy of it, but there's a lot of copies of Marx and, and Lenin and stuff like this. Uh, I have a print of it because somebody I know went to the archives and stuff and, and printed it out. But find a book. Um, you know, this is an ancient battle. Um, you know, one of the Rothschilds said, I care not who makes its laws as long as I can control its money. So you can give all the great speeches just like uh, the Gettysburg Address if you want. 
But if somebody's controlling your money, you have no sovereignty. And the Republican Party and the Democratic Party that are all the warmongering side for the last 30, 40, 50 years, all my life, right, war profiteering, I'm sorry, I'm against it. Get your butt in uniform. I'm in for compulsory service, right? I knew because of my service uh, days before Bush went into Iraq that the Iraqi State Department had called the White House State Department and asked if they could go into Kuwait because they were stealing each other's oil through diagonal drilling. Well, White House State Department said, ah, no problem with it, whatever. Now, maybe shut up. But the day after they went in, all hell broke loose. That was in 91, people, 91. That's how long we've been over there longer than that. But my old Iwo Jima vet, who was a grandfather figure of mine a long time ago in the, in the 70s, said to a, a crowd of folks that our next war will be the Middle East, and after that it'll be Mexico. Mexico's pathetic in the way of a government. Now, you start talking about giving a, a 50-year oil concession by the Mexican government, gave the American oil companies a 50-year Well, look, I, I would just say, generally speaking, the, the Republican Party needs to lean in on the conservative value of being anti-war. They need to relabel what conservative values actually are, and that is anti-war and smaller government. They need to really lean into that, but the Republican Party for decades has not actually been conservative. It's time to restore those conservative values. William, thank you for the call. Let's go to Chris in South Carolina. Chris, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Owen, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. I've called Alex a few times. This is my first time speaking to you, and I uh, just wanted to thank you for uh, what you did last fall, and I'm glad you got out for Christmas, man. I'm sorry you had to go into the, into the jail. Um, yeah, well, that's what they do. That's what the Biden administration... Oh, no, that's what the Putin administration... Oh, no, that's what the Biden administration does. Okay, got you. <laughs> Well, I wanted to talk about the election uh, last night. Uh, I went and voted for Trump, uh, proudly voted for him for the third time. Um, I live in the upstate in South Carolina. And as I was watching the results come in on Fox Carolina, they had all the county breakdown. And it looked eerily similar to like when you see the red versus blue maps of Republicans versus Democrats, where like the whole country is red. But then you get these little blue dots where the cities are. That's how it looked in South Carolina last night for Trump. Well, that's pretty Haley. typical, right? I mean, it's not as bad in South Carolina, but I mean, you look at Charleston. I, I, I don't know what other the strong blue areas would be, but I know Charleston is one of them. It's not as dramatic as, say, in Illinois or a Pennsylvania or an Ohio or a Colorado. But, but I mean, this is how the Democrats win elections. They don't have massive supports outside of the major cities where they have their welfare voters. Yeah, well, I mean, pretty much the entire state, uh, they had it in green. All the all the counties were for Trump. But then in Charleston and other places on the coast and then in Columbia, in the center of the state. So that's a college was, area. You know, for, yeah, it was, it was like really obvious that. If anyone was voting for Nikki Haley, it was probably mostly Democrats. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I wanted to uh, mention what she said in her speech. You know, speech. that's actually an interesting uh, point. Hold, hold that thought. Hold, their, hold, hold your thought on the Haley speech. That's an interesting point. Now, okay, let, let's just focus what you said. So the Democrats had a record low turnout in South Carolina. And I asked myself, I said, is that because of Joe Biden's lack of popularity? Is that because of the lack of voter enthusiasm on the Democrat side of the aisle right now? Yes. But then you also have the aspect of Democrats voting for Nikki Haley. Uh, but in South Carolina, you have to be a registered Republican to vote in the primary. So uh, wouldn't Democrats have to switch party affiliations, or am I wrong about that? 
Uh, no, sir. South Carolina is an open primary. So, okay. So, so then there you go. So that might explain it. So that might explain why Nikki Haley even got 40%. So really, because Trump had a record number of votes. So without the Democrat vote last night, Haley probably gets 20%. That's what my guess was. I mean, I don't know how many Democrats voted for Nikki Haley or, you know, how many Republicans just don't like Trump. But I think I, I, there was a ballot initiative that said that uh, it was, and it was for the Republican primary. So it was a ballot initiative put in by Republicans that said, you know, should voters be able to register for their you know party to vote in? And I voted yes for that because I don't want Democrats voting in Republican elections and telling me who my candidate's going to be. Well, you know, if there was ever a debate for that, this is, I think, the reason why people would argue, like what, what you're arguing here, that you shouldn't be able to vote against party lines because it allows the other party to come in and, and potentially uh, screw with your own party's primary. Yes, sir. And uh, briefly, if I can mention the Nikki Haley speech, she... Uh, she did congratulate uh, Donald Trump for his victory last night, uh, and then she proceeded to, you know, tear him down. But she she said, you know, 40 percent isn't 50 percent, but it's also not a small number. And she <laughs> then proceeded to say why she was staying in the race. She said she felt like it was her duty to continue representing people who want an alternative and as I was listening to her, I said, you know, that sounds all fine and good, and it sounds like you're trying to make it this honorable choice or whatever. But at the same time, I've also seen all the compilation videos where Nikki Haley says one thing, and then she says the exact opposite thing, and these things are like days apart from no, each other. No, she's a total phony. She, she's a total and complete phony. She's now the Kamala Harris of the Republican Party. She's done this to herself. I mean, I'll ask you a basic question. What is Nikki Haley running on? What, what is the policy that she's running on? What separates her from Trump politically? I honestly don't know. I think exactly, and I'm not trying to set you up to look bad. That's the point. She's not. <laughs> she, she she doesn't have a policy. She doesn't have anything she's running on other than she's not Trump. That's all she's running on. And hey, she's right. Yeah, we we want to give Republican voters another option, and then see. Uh, that's what the primaries are for. And you haven't won one. Not one. She's behind by like five. She's well, done. But, but so, but okay. So now you ask the question, and 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 Chris, I thank you for the call. But we know the answer. Why is Nikki Haley really staying around? Why does she give these ridiculous speeches? Her whole strategy is, I'm going to be here when they take Trump out. That's her disgusting strategy. It's what it is. That's why she didn't have a policy. She's not running on any policy. She won't even. She won't even commit to being anti-Trump. So her, her, whole, her whole strategy is just stay here and lose every race and then hope that they take Trump out. That's her strategy. And it is very disingenuous. It is, it is not, it's bad sportsmanship, you may call it. Let's take another call here. Let's go to Jay in Mississippi. Jay, you're on the air. Go ahead. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Jay. Uh, I, uh, I, I watched the, a rebroadcast of Alex with that... Um, Jake, the trucker, and I'm a truck driver, and I can tell you that uh, I just wanted to say that I'm not going to New York City anytime soon. And uh, as for the Donald Trump, um, I tried to catch his victory speech there, and every one of the stations that had it, they were talking over him. You couldn't hear anything, you know? Yeah, I kind of did the I, same thing, though. <laughs> so they, they, they did, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody... <laughs> 
but 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 it's okay for you to. I mean, you know. But um, I get a pass. But at, huh? I get I get a pass on that. You, you get a pass. Okay. A All pass. right. And then uh, as for you know the, the products there, of course, I I love the Turbo Force and uh. But yeah, so you're a truck driver. About. Do you do, so if you, when you're about to have like a ten hour or twelve hour day on the road, you drink Turbo Force? Oh yeah. Well, you know, not every day. Like today, I didn't because I I, I got a thirty four hour reset, so I'm good. And I'm I'm basically just sitting till tonight to to deliver late night. But anyways, um, not to New York. A, no, not to New York. Definitely not. Um, that and that one one other thing that I really like. Um, that that I think it was either you or Alex put that El Salvadorian um, president there. That speaking at CPAC there, uh, I like that guy. Yeah, Naib Bukele, he, he might be the best world leader around right now. Um, Alex aired that on his show on Friday. Yeah, I think we should try to grab him and bring him over here and run this country. But, uh, how about we just annex? How about we annex El Salvador and then say, okay, we've taken over your country, but but how about you're the president now? Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. I'm full of them, man. I give this advice for free. Yeah, they they do everything else here. So, but anyways, uh, Owen, uh, it's good to, it's good to have you on the air. I appreciate you being there. Thank you for calling, and thank you for mentioning Turbo Force Plus and uh, how much you enjoy that. We really appreciate that. It's the audience buying the products at InfoWarsStore.com that makes this possible. So we are grateful for that. You are our sponsors. And, folks, there's a reason why we have a trucker call-in show here. I, I mean, we take truckers' calls all the time. Of course, they're driving on the road. They like talk radio. And there's a reason why they love TurboForce Plus. It really is 10 hours of clean energy in one scoop. Believe me. Now, quickly, just to comment on the Bukele situation, what what – what Bukele has really done, I think, which is the most important, and it's a fair counterpoint to say, oh, well, El Salvador's a small country. It's easier to do that there. Okay, fair point. But but I, I believe what Bukele has shown, it's a lot easier for the mainstream media to lie about what goes on in the Eastern Hemisphere and what goes on in Russia and everywhere else. It's, it's a little harder with El Salvador. And... What Bukele has done is he's proven that it's possible to clean up your streets. It, you just have to have the will to do it. He's proven that it's possible to arrest violent, dangerous criminals and, and end street crime. And he's taken where, where street crime and violent criminals were one of, the, one of the highest issues in El Salvador. It was, one of the, it was one of the most violent places on the streets, and he's basically cleaned it up in a few short years. So it is possible if you have the will. I also think he's shown that it, it, it's probably going to take young leadership to engage in something like this. It's going to take young leadership, fresh ideas, and a fresh commitment to these things and have no fear to speak your mind, to tell it like it is, and to do the right thing. I think that Bukele has really proved that point. While it is a much smaller nation, I think it's scalable. All right, let's take another call. Let's go to a, um, a Michigan voter. He goes by Michigan voter. I guess he's in Michigan. Michigan voter, go ahead. Hey, Owen. Uh, I wanted to talk about um, how Nikki represents the NATO-UN alliance and how that's all built on addiction. And what they did is, you know, through the years, grabbed all the poppy fields and all that stuff and 
and uh, the whole economy is built on the sex drug culture, and basically that's the same reason why they're pushing the, the sex early in the school. Well, I'm it a little gets, confused. You're, I'm sorry. You're throwing a bunch of different issues at me. Um, the poppy fields was mostly the Afghanistan issue, and then that's where most of those prescription drug ingredients were coming from. And then we had the opioid epidemic. That was in Afghanistan. Um, NATO, I don't really know how NATO ties into that other than the U.S. is, is, is basically paying for NATO and then engaging in this stuff in the Middle East. By the way, they're trying to make a new push for Ukraine to join NATO. That's com a complete disaster. Uh, and then the gender bending stuff and the sexualization of kids. I, I, I mean, I get that it's all part of this globalist agenda, but uh, you're kind of just throwing a bunch of different issues at me. It's sex addiction. Then they introduce the computers and addiction, and they keep building up addiction behavior. And this is the same reason uh, they basically are grabbing all the drug markets and and addiction care and everything in this. And, and all the money wrapped up in it, and then they're going to bring in NATO uh, that basically used energy to deplete all the other five eyes and get them on a structure where they'll, um, they'll be dependent on building military equipment and all the five eyes. And so they'll have all the markets and the, the bio stuff all wrapped up, monitoring people and their addictions and consumption and food and water consumption. And then well, that's their final goal. Market. The globalists want total control over over your food, 100 percent, and then your money after that as well. I mean, that's that's how they conquer the world. But look, if Ukraine joins NATO, that that's probably a line in the sand for Russia. I don't know what happens next, but it, it's just a it's a horrible concept. NATO is useless other than a war machine. NATO is completely useless other than a money laundering war machine. And we have to pay for the whole thing. And it's always been this, this anvil that they've tried to hold over Russia's head geopolitically. And even when Russia was like, hey, we'll join NATO. There's no purpose for NATO. We're not communists. We're not, we're not trying to invade. We're, we're with you guys now. And then NATO pulled the rug out from under him and said, nope, we, we, want this, we want this Cold War to continue. And then you have this Cold War policy continuing that's completely useless. And now they're saying Ukraine's going to join NATO, which is just asking for more war. It's, uh, it, it's disgusting. NATO should be completely abolished. Uh, or at the very least, if the United States wanted to do anything to save the world, they should just stop funding NATO and just pull out. All right, thanks for the call. Let's go to William in Missouri. William, you're on the air. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, love watching the show. My dad's probably watching it right now, but my big question to you right now is what should the 20, 27-year-old be thinking right now? Because I'm thinking right now most of the Republican Party is, is flopping right now. And I think that's the point. Is Wait, hold on a second. I'm a little. You're, you, you're talking about the younger voters. I'm assuming you're in this voter range. Um, but what do you mean the Republican Party is flopping? Most of it is flopping. Yes, I think we should start getting all of the squish. Oh, we're going to try and compromise with the Democrats. No, no. We need more, more rock ribbed people who are going to have principles. And I, I think I get where you're going with this. I would say, 
let me try let me try to hone in on this a little bit more. If you're a young conservative in college, I would start getting involved in whatever political groups your your college has to offer, young Republicans, college Republicans, college conservatives, whatever political groups your college has to offer, I would start getting involved with that. Or starting one yourself and and then reaching out and recruiting and finding other conservatives. Because when you have these things, you can put pressure on representatives and, and you can change the political culture of a party when they when they see these things. And then you can start controlling the messaging and, and the narratives. So that's how you can have an impact. Um, you know, culturally, that's kind of a different story. That's that's each each to his own. And then I guess once you're once you're out of college, I mean, I don't know, start talking to your friends because that's usually when people lean liberal Democrat voters and maybe just just slowly kind of pepper your friends when these conversations come up like, hey, you like these taxes? Like, no, they suck. Hey, you see your grocery bill going up? Yeah, what's up with that? And you start telling them, oh, this is Democrat Party policy. This is what they're doing. And so, I mean, I that that's, I guess, what I would be doing. That's. That's what I try to do with my friends. I try to, anytime they say something absurd that one of the one of the liberals say, I try and I try and break it apart. Be like, you really like this? You really like paying this much for groceries? Really? Come on, we could have better. We could have better. You just need to open your eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I would be doing. That's what I would be doing. It seems like you have good instincts as far as that's concerned. And really, that's what a lot of this is. It's about having the will, having the instincts, and then just taking the shot and just doing it. But it sounds like you have the instincts. And I always get that call. What can I do? What can I do? Well, if you're asking the question, you're on the right step. You're on the right path. But really, the answer is to be answered by yourself. People ask me all the time, why do your supplements work so well? Because we go out and find out what's already the best sellers nationwide and worldwide. Then we go to the top companies that produce them and we private label already existing best-selling products. And in most cases, we ask them to make it even stronger, even better, because we want it to work for you. We want you to love it. We want you to come back and get more of it. We treat you like we want to be treated. Plus, that's just good business. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you, we have the strongest turmeric formula out there, bar none. We went to multiple top suppliers in the country about five years ago now and said, what is the strongest curcuminoid or concentrate of turmeric you put out? They said it's 75, 85%, but most people only go with 5%. That's raw turmeric. We said, what's the strongest you can do? 95%. We have the strongest turmeric on the market at 95% with a bunch of other natural ingredients that supercharge it for your inflammation for your joints, for your bones, for your brain, for your heart, for your kidneys, for your liver, for all your organs, for everything. This is such an incredible product. It's Body's ultimate turmeric formula with 95% curcuminoid extract. That's the concentrate of turmeric. Ladies and gentlemen, Body's is an incredible product. And when you get it, it funds the info war, which is a 360 win. Why are some of you shopping with the big box stores and the establishment, who have some great supplements, by the way, and some crap ones? 
Why aren't you shopping with the good guys at InfoWarsStore.com? I want to thank all of you that do shop at InfoWarsStore.com. I want to encourage all the other great listeners and viewers, people watching us on X and you name it, to please go to InfoWarsStore.com and check out these amazing products like Bodies, Ultimate Turbine Formula, and I know you're going to love it and become a repeat customer that allows us to stay on the air and expand in the face of the tyrants. So get your Bodies Ultimate Turmeric Formula now with 95% curcuminoid at InfoWarsStore.com.